everyone, welcome back to Late Night London. Super excited for this episode. We're joined by one of our friends, London Hughes, all the way over from LA. Joined us Hi. to talk about her breakout Netflix special, To Catch a Dick. Jeez. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. Don't watch it with your parents. Um, <laughs> no, watch it with your parents, man. No, I'll get them to watch it. Or, or if you're London, remember, look, well, yeah, let's not get into that right now. But uh, also going to talk about hosting our new Netflix uh, show, After Party, and adjusting to life in LA. Fresh out of the gym, she joined us live. Hey, London, how are you? Hey, can you tell that I've been working out? Guns, gun show. Yeah, you got that hot. You got, you got that bougie Hollywood trainer though now, mm. isn't it? Yeah, I have. Her name's Christine, and she she trains me and A Rod. Just Jennifer Lopez's Beyonce, yeah. Alex Rodriguez, yeah, yeah, Al- Alex Rodriguez, yeah. I'm glad yeah, you clarified that because I was like, "Hey, Rod," <laughs> I was like, um, "Yeah, he's famous, man." Hey, Rod, he's very famous. Um, she's great, but yes, I just fresh out the gym. I probably smell like success. <laughs> no! <laughs> what does that smell like? What does that smell like? Hmm. She's like, she's like, but Louboutins. It smells like, yeah, it smells good. How you been holding up? Obviously, last time we spoke, you were just making the flight out, and then lockdown happened. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I'm so glad that like I went on this journey because it's made. You know when people say it makes you stronger, and it sounds so cliche. It really has. Like now everything tastes so much sweeter knowing that I had to go through a global pandemic, a race war and California wildfires just to get it. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it just feels good now that it's happening. Um, I might have taken it for granted if it came way too easy. So uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's hard, but it's good. I'm happy. Can yeah. I be honest with you? Yes, Joel. I used to think that um, on the Gladiators, the gauntlet with Wolf, Rhino, um and um hunter mm-hmm. was probably the most difficult obstacle but you describing that what you went through mm-hmm. that that's now the top ranking for me that's top ranking that's Is above that the ranking? gauntlet on on, that... on gladiators season um, three that's good to know episode two episode i'm three. so happy that half of our audience the younger generation are like what the fuck is gladiators they have no <laughs> idea what we're when talking about it's finished airing in the uk oh, i don't know like 10 years ago man like, <laughs> like 96, 97 when they when all what, of the did you think like 18 year olds don't know what class it is. Yeah. Mate, so I'm saying, yeah. as, as scary as that. They got Ninja Warrior in Oh, it? they got Ninja Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> ninja Warrior. They got Ninja Warrior now, mate. We'll get someone to pull up the facts. Yeah. 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 Um, so, when I, I want to start from the beginning. For people that don't know, we, we've got a, <laughs> London is Joel's sister, just so there's a, some context there, because Joel's apparently his name's Knowledge. So we're still getting over that. Yeah, this is my brother. This is the only reason that. This is the only reason that I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> Real. Without makeup and everything, just, come, just comes in. But I'm literally here from the gym without makeup <laughs> because my bro- it's my brother's podcast. That uh, friends. True love. Chris and Warren. That's true, love. So, no, we, yeah, we, we, we appreciate Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's jump in to, 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 to the Royal Court. Pay you back. <laughs> She's like, you can't pay me back. I'm rich, Mitch. Uh, she, uh, <laughs> I'm in LA now. <laughs> um, when did no, you... Fr- it's the only way I even get to see my brother. That's the crazy oh. thing. I never get to see Joel. So this is, this is actually sibling bonding. It's right. We're bringing you back down to reality because you can't yeah. get all caught up in all the Hollywood celebrity life. You know, we need to ground you. You know what I mean? So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, go on. All right. Yeah, so let's 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 start start from the beginning. When did you first know 
<laughs> you were funny. Um, uh, do you know what? I didn't think I was funny because Joel was the funny one. I was always the person that got his leftovers. I never got, I never got the attention for being funny. I would just like, Joel would get all the attention and I would ride off of his attention. <laughs> but I didn't think I had jokes. I didn't think I was funny. I think I realized I was funny in school. I want to say secondary school because I was always making people in my school laugh, like people in my class. But I didn't think I could do comedy, like stand-up comedy until I was like 20, 19, 20. So yeah, it's been a journey. Joel, do you remember me ever being funny as a kid? Yeah, I remember you being funny um, all the time. Like, but really? I didn't realize that it was um, global funny. It was more like we had a funny family. You used to crack me, crack me up. We was close, obviously, because we were like kind of the only one hundred percent siblings. Them <laughs> <laughs> ones, isn't it, Rav? Them yeah. ones. Who don't know about life? <laughs> yeah, half brothers and sisters. Okay. Listen, I got I got three half brothers and sisters, bro. We don't like them life. That life. Whole- you can't say that we were the only 100% siblings, Joel. There's still our 100% siblings, okay? My brother, so we used to call my brother, we say to you, you half breed. Oh, That's wow. what we wow. half breed. Are you, okay, are you the funniest in the family then? Are you the funniest in the family? I mean, no, he is. Oh, so it is Joel. Joel out of, no, not the dad or anything. Joel, Joel's the. Not yeah, the Joel. dad. Not Joel, the dad. Do you think you're the funniest in the family? Uh, it depends on the chosen subject. It's like a bit like mastermind, isn't it? You've got yeah. your areas of expertise. Fair enough. Who's the least funny? It's Tequila. Oh, that's no, deep. Oh, funny. wow. Tequila. That's deep. That's so deep. Tequila's funny because she's not funny. That's the thing about yeah, Tequila. There's certain true. jokes got... that she does, and I'm like, wow. Under the radar. Yeah, she's yeah we have a sister who's funny for not being funny. That is so true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Has but where did that... Amazing <laughs> ability to not have a punchline. Where, where did that switch happen then, London? Because... I, I know you as now, when we, even when we speak now more so, like this unwavering confidence in your ability and just, and that's, and that's something that I, in our last conversation, I even gave me energy that was like this unwavering belief that I'm going to fucking make it. Yeah. And where did that come from? You went from, I didn't think I was funny to fucking unwavering is, confidence of, yeah. That's the thing. I always knew I was going to be a thing. I just didn't think it was comedy. I wanted to be on TV. Like that was the main thing because TV was like my best friend when I was growing up and I just loved television. I was obsessed with it. And I remember just wanting to be in it. And my mum said she found me trying to get into television by climbing around the back of it. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get inside it. Like that was how- Is that before flat screens? Yeah. That's before flat screens. RTV had the big back. Yeah, exactly. The bunda cough. The bunda. So I would try and get in it that way. But I didn't think I could do comedy. I just wanted to be like an actress or a pop star just on TV. And then it wasn't until, yeah, secondary school, making people laugh, watching my, my family's really funny. Like if you are a member of my family, you need to be able to take a joke and give a joke like that because you get roasted you know it Chris. you get roasted yeah. i got I, I've, i got roasted okay. by your family so like yeah. <laughs> you'll be roasted like we'll be having a sunday roast and you will be roasted at the roast like that's how it is so for me i've always had like a sense of humor but yeah i didn't think i could make a career out of it until um i started stand up i was i used to think stand-ups could just be white guys like i didn't think that a black female comedian was a thing until i did it and then people ask me, what's your fee? And I remember the first time someone asked me, what's my, oh my God. I did a gig, yeah? And they were like, 
what's your fee? And I didn't know I could get paid for it. So I said, <laughs> oh, um, pay me what you think I'm worth. And wow. uh, he, he gave me 15 pounds. Whoa! But that's like dancing. That's no, like no, dancing. No. People, people are cheap anyway. People are cheap no, anyway. Fifteen pounds. It was a it was an event that people were paying like twenty pounds ticket entry. Deep. There was about five hundred people there, and I headlined, Deep. and I got fifteen pounds. Like that's how it was back in the day, because I had no idea. And then people were like, "I want to be your manager." It was a. I didn't do it to start a career. I just did it as a thing to do, just to see if I could. I didn't think that like literally nearly 12 years later, mm-hmm. I'd be sitting there talking to you from LA, extremely successful. I had no <laughs> idea that this would be the outcome. I thought I was going to go on Big Brother and be famous that way. <laughs> but, so uh, it's good that I went this way. Yeah. So, yeah. Why did you move to, because obviously we see, we people in the UK know you from particular shows, uh, obviously like, you know, whether it's, uh, kids shows where you started out uh, or some of the panel Scrambled. shows and stuff like Scrambled and stuff like that. Why did you yeah. leave that to go to the U- to the U- to LA, to the US? Because I always knew that there was like a weird glass ceiling in the UK for black talent, especially in comedy. Um, it just felt that it was always going to happen, whether it was now or later. If I wanted to be as big as I thought I could be in my head, I'd have to leave at some point because being a female in comedy in Britain is just like, <laughs> it's so hard. And then being black as well as that, it was just like so much against me. And I tried so hard. I wrote my own TV show eight times. Like I came up with eight different ideas, whether they were sitcoms, entertainment shows, and they got rejected. And I pitched shows to, to BBC, Sky, Comedy Central. I had show, a show of Whoopi Goldberg that got rejected. Like I was just done with being rejected. And uh, after, yeah, after the show that I, I did with Whoopi Goldberg, basically Whoopi Goldberg agreed to do a show with me in the UK and no TV channels wanted it. Hmm. And after that happened, I realized that if I can't even get, as a black female comic at the height of my, top of my game, to the point where the biggest female black Yep. superstar in comedy wants to do a show with you and no TV channels want to make that show. That's mental. You have to then think, okay, this isn't about me. This is systemic racism. This is misogyny. This is everything. Let me try something else. And luckily that's when America came calling. So I answered and now I'm here. Yeah. So, and it's their loss. <laughs> exactly. Yes, and they want me back now. It's so funny. My UK agent tells me the amount of requests she has for me now. Like, to cut, can't you do this? We'll do this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I was in the UK for 10 years. You had me for 10 years. Like, he wasn't met. there before, innit? Like, you didn't even exist yeah. before. And the fee yeah. is not £15 anymore. <laughs> not £15. Also, the money. Oh, my God. Not to be vulgar and talk about money, but it's just... I don't think Britain can afford me anymore. Oh, like, straight, <laughs> straight. Yes. Tell them, innit? Yes, tell them. It's just insane. The, the money difference in the in the US versus the UK is insane. The reason so I to the reason I wanted to ask you that as well because for many people you came out of nowhere and all they see is the success. What they don't see is the years and years of grind to get where you are. So like, I know so many people that they know who you are now and they're like, oh, she's come out of nowhere. I'm like, no, I'm like, you don't know the amount of the years of hard work. People only see the success. They don't see the, yeah. all the shit you had yeah, to go journey. through to, yeah. to, to get there. But even when you went out to the US, how did this connection with Kevin Hart, Netflix, how did that all come to life? Um, basically, I wrote a show called To Catch a Dick and I did it at the Edinburgh Comedy Festival and 
a lot of people I feel like don't know what the Edinburgh Comedy Festival is because it's kind of like an elite group of performers that are aware of it because to enter the festival it's like five six grand so if you ain't got that money you gotta enter it you gotta pay to get in yeah you gotta pay to oh i didn't know that wow yeah yeah yeah. you gotta pay to perform there pay to for your studio spec for your performance space pay for everything like it's really expensive it can cost you thousands and thousands of pounds so a lot of comics can't afford to do it um and i have done it before i did it in 2017 and i i spent 10 grand on a show and the show was called London Who's Superstar, it's just nobody's realised it. <laughs> of course, that was a name. <laughs> and, I, and I put everything into the show and you go up to Edinburgh and you perform every comedy every day for a month and the whole town turns into basically a stage. You can see comedy on a bus, in a restaurant, in a cathedral, oh, on a hill, on the street. It's literally like it takes over and you perform comics from all over the world, go there, perform every day for a month. I went there in 2017, spent 10 grand on a show, no one saw it. No one came. Literally a total of, I want to say, I had a hundred seat venue every day for a month. And that hundred venue was filled once. <laughs> oh, that, that's how much, like, and I left Edinburgh like, okay, I need to do better. And I just got, I just basically went, you know what? I'm just going to write a show. I'm going to go back to Edinburgh. I'm going to write a show for me. I'm not going to care about what I don't care about. It. I'm just going to make a funny show that I think is funny. I'm not going to try and impress anyone. I'm just going to do me. So I wrote To Catch a Dick. I wrote it in like a couple of days. I sat on my, the floor of my flat in Battersea Park, wrote out this show, rehearsed it, took it to Edinburgh. And then it just did so well. Like I, I wasn't expecting it. It sold out from the first week. And Lupita Nyong'o came to see it. Lenny Henry came to see it. Richard Blackwood came to see it. Everybody came to see it. And then at the end of Edinburgh, uh, there's critics that go around and the best shows get nominated. Like out of like a thousand shows, maybe six or seven get nominated for best show. And the caliber of people that get nominated for best show is so prestigious. People like Monty Python have been nominated for best oh, show. Shit. So in 2019, my show To Catch a Dick nominated and I became the first black British woman to be nominated for best show in Edinburgh comedy's history. It's been going for the history, years. Straight up and down. Like, can you so say that like... again, please? <laughs> <laughs> so that people know. <laughs> so people know, people in so, the back didn't hear. People in the back, first black British woman in history to be nominated for an Edinburgh Comedy Award. And um, I didn't win, they gave it to a white guy. But being nominated, <laughs> <laughs> being nominated was steps, enough. No, it's fine, it's fine, baby steps. But like being UK. nominated was enough to get the buzz going stateside because America looks to the British comedy shows like Fleabag that recently like swept yeah. the Emmys, which came from the Edinburgh Comedy Festival. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who wrote Fleabag, started it at Ed in Edinburgh in 2012. So America had eyes on the festival. And because I was such a hit at the festival, they were like, come out to LA and do the show in LA. So I did it twice in LA. Issa Rae came. All of Kevin Hart's people came. Kevin couldn't come because he was filming. And all of like Kevin's team was like, you need to meet her. Her show is amazing. She's hilarious. So he flew me out to Las Vegas to meet him. Just casual. Just cash. Just like, flew me plane. out. And I spent the whole day with him. And he basically was just like, he just, he'd seen footage of me doing stand up, but, and he just had gone off that footage he'd seen and what people were saying. And he was like, listen, you're the next one. I think you're a star. I'm here to help. Let's go. Let's do it. I want to produce your comedy special and Netflix had already come calling 
And so Netflix were like, we want you. And then Kevin Hart was like, we want you. So together it was just like match made in heaven. And then the special we scheduled to, to film the special in March, 2020, but a global um, pandemic. <laughs> a, little, a little thing called COVID. A little thing called coronavirus. COVID-19. Uh, yeah, so that happened. So I was in LA thinking I was going to film the special in March. And then COVID was like, nah. And then Netflix <laughs> were like, we don't know when comedy is going to be allowed on Earth. So just wait there. <laughs> just wait. And whilst I waited, like I said, there was a race war. And uh, uh, um, California wildfires. And I just waited for eight months. I just sat in limbo. But whilst I was waiting, I was working. So I wrote two movies, which I managed to sell one of, and I'm about to sell another one. And one of the movies is called Hot Mess, which is uh, the makers of Girls Trip. Uh, Will Packer are making oh, a movie with Universal. We just sold it, announced it end of last year, starring me. Um, so we're doing that. And then I got a, I had an audition for this thing called the Netflix After Party. And because I was here, I was like, sure, I'll audition for it. It was kind of like a, we had a, I had a Zoom call with David Spade and Fortune Teams for the other hosts. And we got on really well. And then David Spade took me out for dinner and offered me the job. And so I was like, oh, I've got a job. I was only here to film a Netflix special, but <laughs> now I've got a movie. Wait, wait, can I just say, you just said Netflix. the statement, I was only here to do a Netflix special. Can I, that's I the levels you're at now. Shut <laughs> up, shut <laughs> up. Get out of our call. <laughs> I was only here. By the way, were you, I, I, mean, I don't watch Netflix that much, but you were, were, was there other, is there another black female comedian that's done a Netflix special? Because I haven't seen, I haven't. Not a UK one, no. I don't think. There's no, I'm, I'm not even the first black UK, I'm the first UK female to have an yeah. expression. Wow. Yeah. Full stop. Full stop. Wow. Records, right? yeah, wow. Yeah. How did it make you feel though? Cause like, how did you, you're kind of glossing over it. Like, like, it, like there weren't moments where you're like, fucking hell. I mean, if Kevin Hart is like, how did it make you feel when you are meeting Kevin Hart right now? This is happening. Netflix is here. How did it make you feel? Kevin, the thing about Kevin is like, <laughs> The thing about Kevin Hart is he has a way of making you feel so special. Like, and I don't know, I don't know how he does it because he's the most busiest man in the world. But the reason why he flew me out to Vegas is because he, we kept on wanting to meet, but we couldn't meet because he was so busy. And so the first time we actually spoke was over the phone and he was supposed to call me and I was waiting for him to call me and then he didn't. And then he just randomly called me like two hours later, like, London, hey, it's Kevin. Sorry, I've been busy. Hey, 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 Kevin Hart, hey, how are you doing? And I was like, like, so like, usually like, you have to mentally prepare yourself to chat to someone. And I wasn't prepared. And uh, he was just so sweet and so funny and so kind and so lovely and uh, so busy. And he was just like, I'm taking time out of my day. I'm gonna, let's do this properly. I'm gonna fly you out and we can spend the day together. And to be fair, I didn't have any time to re relax because at no part of that day that I spent with him did we sit down and talk. We were on the move. We were having meetings in the back of the car, meetings in corridors. Me, he, I watched him do a podcast and I was sitting and watching him record a podcast for like four hours. Then after the podcast, we had a little meeting walking to the car. So I was like, we're doing this? Is this we're going to talk? Okay, so we're having this meeting. And then people were like screaming because we're walking through a, a Vegas corridor and people at hotel corridor and people going, that's Kevin Hart, oh my God. So like people were screaming, he's not faced, he's carrying on talking to me. We get in the car, security bundles us in the car. I'm at the back of the car and he's carrying on this conversation, talking to me. We get out the car, paparazzi in our face, 
camera crews, everything. He's still talking to me like this ain't ha like, and then we walked to a venue. He's like, oh, come with me. I've got a gig. And I thought like, when Kevin was like, I've got a gig, I thought maybe, you know, performing to a couple hundred people, stand up comedy. No, he has an arena show, 20,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> on, 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 and this is part of his day. Yeah, it's casual. This, this is part of his day. day. So we woke up, day. he had breakfast, he did a podcast, he chatted with me, we get in the car, he says, come with me to my gig. His gig is 20,000 people. Um, we get to the venue, he's backstage in his dressing room with about four, I don't even know what their job was, just security <laughs> people entourage people people were filming him people were taking pictures he's signing autographs he's doing this whilst he's doing this he's turning to me going okay so when do you want the special to come out yeah okay okay so i feel like yeah this is what we should do i think your head your headphone your headsets come out of your phone you hear me yeah can you hear me yeah now? yeah yeah so he's like posing taking autographs doing selfies, chatting to me, doesn't miss the beat, makes me feel special. That's crazy, man. And we had the That's a day. talent on its own, isn't it? That is a exactly. talent. The multitask. Yeah, well, he's known for that. You know, I've, I've heard rumors of the crazy, every minute of his day is like scheduled yeah. thing, but now you've kind of, yeah. you've been, you've lived it. And he doesn't pee. I said it on <laughs> wow. and I was like, Kevin Hart doesn't pee and it went viral. But I genuinely don't think he, he, does, he didn't pee because I didn't pee. We were together the whole day. <laughs> And so, like, I'm like, when do you have time for yourself? At no point was he by himself. At no point did he sit down. And I was with him the whole day. Like, it was just, he is, he has mastered, he's so successful because he's mastered whatever it takes to be a star. He's mastered all of that. And I'm trying to be like him. So it was just, like, inspiration in work. And the fact that then he would then turn to me and say how great I am just made me feel amazing. So when I came back from Vegas, I was, like, in tears. Like, I was just Sick. crying on the plane. I was in first class drinking my <laughs> Poor you. <laughs> Poor you. Things <laughs> up amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, it was great. Nuts. Um, Joel, Joel, how's it feel to... What, how's it feel to watch your sister kind of, you strength. know, go from strength to strength from, from as a brother? For me, um, obviously knowing her, um, her whole, her whole <laughs> life. <laughs> You're an idiot. It's um, surreal. Um, it's uh, something that I was confident of, but now it's actually in action and working. It's just um, very surreal for me. Uh, it's, I don't want to sound braggadocious, but oh my God. I knew, I, I knew, I knew it would happen. But the fact that it is happening, it's not a surprise, but you know, you've got to be kind of humble with it. But like, it's not, she's been doing it for a long time. And she's had success at every level, everything that she tried. So, like she said, she spoke about the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. There's also funniest UK's funniest um, women's award that she won, hands down, and bust up like well-known people. Um, she's had like a she was on a BBC Radio Radio Four, uh, and has one of her supporting cast was Romesh Ranganathan. So. I've seen her go through the journey throughout this whole time. So it's not a surprise, but it is surreal. When you, I don't know if you'll ever go through this in your life, but when you turn on Netflix and you see your sister, or if you go through a YouTube feed and you see your sister and you're like, wow, that's, that's crazy, man. And then you ring her, I talk to her and it's just my sister. So it's like, <laughs> a, she's a star, but she's just my sister. It's, it's mad surreal. I Your can't. sister. 
Sister. Oh, sister, look at her, the gas. Oh, yo. Pattern that, pattern that. Wait, wait, Joel, Joel, get a t shirt with her with her face saying saying London Hughes is my sister. You gotta get you gotta get that t shirt. You gotta get that t shirt. Underdog, underdog, get that t shirt done. Because I remember one time I gave her a t shirt with my face on it. I still got that t shirt. No, it was for Valentine's Day. You got me a T-shirt that said, "I love this guy" with your face on it. <laughs> yes, you did. No, Joel, only Joel would do that. I did. Yes, Stupid. But well, hold on, yes. hold on. Was it a good T-shirt though? It was. I still got the T-shirt. It was a great see, the T-shirt. T-shirt was banging, bro. The T-shirt was banging. Like, fruit, fruit of the loom, yeah. Fruit of the loom. <laughs> me, his girlfriend at the time, with now wife, my sister. All of us. You bulk, you bulk bought T-shirts with your face yes. on it to give to people yes. saying, "I love this person." Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We wow. all got one. When you know how many people love you and they and they want to show it, it's nothing better than giving them a t-shirt just to you know, <laughs> confirm that. And everyone's kept the t-shirt. Everyone loves a t-shirt. Everyone so. loves a t-shirt. Everyone kept the t-shirt. It was fun. So yeah. It's, it's a great picture. It's You're an idiot. In Barbados running. Yeah, it was a so, good picture. There you go. Listen, let's, let's, let's talk about it. sister. I need a sister T-shirt. I need a sister T-shirt. Sister. sister. Okay. Yeah, you make yeah. Let's, let's, we'll get them. We'll get them. We we'll get them made. We we'll get them made. I think for me the highlight so far, which I'm super jealous of. Let's be serious. You interviewed the Karate Kid. <laughs> like, I, like you know the ones that you know, you grow up watching Karate Kid. You know, I like, uh, like no, 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 but I'm only joking. But I said joke, obviously. But I mean, like that's crazy, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like you're um, fucking. I've never seen the movie, so I don't know. You've never seen Karate Kid. Uh -oh. What the fuck? Oh, for those that don't know about the Karate Kid, look, um, look up um, Cobra Kai. That's the that's the new series. Have you, wait, wait, wait! I just don't, don't skip over that. She just said she ain't seen. You've never seen Karate I, Kid. You know what I called it? No, I got because we were rehearsing, and I was like, okay. I haven't seen Karate Children, and they were like, "Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! Oh my god!" I said, "I haven't no. seen Karate Children," and they were like, "Karate Kids," and I was like, "Because I was like, I'm interviewing the cast of Cobra Kai." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Spin-off of Karate Kid. And I was like, I, I didn't know that. I just thought it was just Cobra Kai. So that's why it was very confusing. But I got to interview William Zabka and um. Baby boy, what's his name? Um, what's the other guy's name? What? Oh, fucking hell. Um, William and. I don't. The, the guy. People in the comments can let us know. I can't remember. The My name guy. I know. Um, Daniel. I know. Is that Daniel Luso? That's his actual name. I don't know his real name. Listen to me. He's Daniel Russo. That's all yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you know, Daniel Russo's character. His, that's the character. His real name. I interviewed him and William Zabka. And together, I was just like. The Cobra Kai show is great, and everyone was talking about karate kids. Have you even said? Like, did, did they did they know that you didn't know? They, I don't think they. That would have been too karate. funny. I feel like they could tell because anytime they mentioned <laughs> karate kid stuff, I was just like happily silent. But we, I could talk <laughs> for days about Cobra Kai because I watched Cobra Kai. Yeah, but I hadn't watched Karate Kid. So, oh, um, you got to go. We got no, to watch that, that. That's exactly what I was going to say. When I spoke to some people work other places and I was talking to them about, oh, Cobra Kai is from Karate Kid. There's like, what's Karate Kid? Oh, and yeah, I was just like, I, hadn't seen I don't understand. Because I, like, I thought Will Smith's son was in that. No, yeah, 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 don't insult about, Karate no, Kid no, like no, that. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. You're talking about the up-to-date one. The there was one. an up-to-date one that was a Karate right. Kid that was Jaden, isn't it? Jaden Smith. so bad. Yeah, that's why I was so yeah. confused. I was like, so who was he... Like there was one way back, nineties, nineties, <laughs> no, way back. There's three, weren't there? Two, two or three? There two, was three. Two, there's two three of them, man. Three. Or whatever. Anyway, you need to watch Karate Kid. Oh, they were so yeah, lucky. But the, 
The original Karate Kid was so old, though, man. Like, the original Karate Kid. I wasn't born. It's so old. Yeah, that's fair oh, enough. 2000. 2000 fair is the answer to the question uh, that. Yeah. How did it? Gladiator. How did the? Um, Gladiators finished in two thousand. Gladiators finished in two thousand. How did the uh, Jimmy Fallon thing happen? Was that just part of the tour, the press tour? Or did they reach out? What yeah. So I have a, pub, a publicist team of badass bitches that look after my career. And yeah, so when you are a thing, you have to <laughs> you have to have meetings with bookers from all these shows, from Jimmy Fallon to Jimmy Kip to all the Jimmys. All the shows. <laughs> Why are they all Jimmy, innit? it? The yeah, fucking Jimmy's. Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, James And then you got James Corden, innit? it? Yeah, you right. fucking. Everybody's got, and you, you can't get on. You don't. They don't just put anyone on the show. They've got to like you, and you've got that. You have to be. They have to ask you. It's not the other way around. So yeah, I was lucky enough to have Jimmy Fallon watch the special, love the special, and I was asked to be on the show. And like, I'm again. It's sad, but again, I'm the first. Uh, black British comic to be on Jimmy Fallon. Uh, yeah. It's right, you're breaking down breaking down walls. It's a good thing. Yeah, you're I breaking all these barriers. Exactly. Keep doing it. I, I love Jimmy Fallon. I think he's great, but I was so annoyed that I couldn't go there in real life. Oh, uh, do you know what? I watched it, by the way. I, I watched it at like 5 a.m. Like, I'm, so, I'm so gassed when it was posted. I watched it. I was like laying in bed. I was like, I looked the clip on YouTube and I was like, let me watch this. And I was like, oh, I wish I you was there. Uh, like, he's invited me back and I can't wait to act. It feels like I haven't met him. Yeah, the energy. Have, got energy. It feels like it wasn't real because. It wasn't real life, but I, that was like a massive, I didn't think so early in my career, I'd be asked to go on that show. Usually you get asked well into your career. You've done certain things, certain movies, certain shows. Like he only has like A-list, A-list stars. So when I got asked to go on it, I was like, uh, really? Okay. And me then, and JT? Okay. <laughs> me, yeah, me and me Justin and Timberlake? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was, that was the lineup. Justin Timberlake and Lon and Hughes. Like, that was the lineup of that episode. And it, was, it still blows my mind. Yeah, that's where so, you're at. That's where you're at. That's where you're at now. Crazy. Yeah. Do you know what I watched recently, which I thought actually, I can't believe I binge watched it, was Bling Empire. I what actually, I, 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 I binge watched it and I was like, these people are living on a different planet the way they spend money. Okay. It's a no. madness. It is you watched ma- the after party reunion with them. I, w- I did. I did. I did watch. I did not all it, but I did watch it. Um, yeah, their lives are crazy. They're like it's just not. You can't comprehend it. It's just like you're just spending money. Like I'm trying to be like that. Though. <laughs> no. Well, okay. All right, on that point, what what are you spending your money on? Are you being a good girl and saving? I got this. What's the that? Catch it came out. It's a Cartier Love bracelet. Retail price eight grand. Nice. I like it. I mean, to be honest, I've always wanted one and the Kardashians used to wear them like it was nothing. So I feel like Jaden Smith used to wear the rings in his dreadlocks and the rings are like four grand each. And um, just casual lock wear. Yeah, just just like hair wear, four grand hair wear. And he used to have loads of them. I remember thinking, oh, I want a Cartier Love bracelet. I want to buy myself one of those. And I went to Harrods and I saw the price and I said, oh, I'm not there yet. (laughs) I was like, well, when I am there, I'll buy one. So, um, I kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And then the day to catch it came out, I was like, I was on, I booked myself a suite at the Beverly Wilshire. I booked Beyonce's suite that she filmed the 7-Eleven music video in. Oh yeah. And I, I booked that suite for a week. Cause I was like- A week? <laughs> just yeah, just a fucking hell. Like, it's COVID, it's, it's a pandemic. Yeah. Not do this the way I want to do this. My Netflix special is dropping in 195 countries and I can't party. So what should I do? Did you pie on your own? Like, yeah. So I like ordered room service. I was drinking champagne and eating Peruvian steak sandwiches in bed. <laughs> and I invited like a friend over every other, like every day. And we went shopping and stuff. 
But yeah, I was like literally on Rodeo Drive the day it came out. And I was like, I'm gonna go buy me this Cartier Love bracelet now. So I went in and got this and this is probably, yeah, I'm, hum- I'm being humble. This is the most expensive thing. No, it's not. I bet you've got bear bags, shoes. Yeah, but, You're lying. Yeah, but those bags are like four grand, three grand. Like, Only. No, this is good. I love the way it's just like four grand, yeah, but, three grand. Yeah, three grand. But together, they're a lot. But on a single purchase, this is the most. Okay. Right. That's, you know what I mean? So, like, I could have gone crazier. I could have got a jet ski. For no reason at all. Just, just but will you get stopped going out there and jet skiing because there's a pandemic at the moment? No, you can jet ski. Oh, we're not on lockdown, lockdown like you lot. No, oh, we're, we're on stupid. We're on stupid yeah, lockdown. On stupid lockdown. Yeah. yeah. But I was going to ask that as well. How how has it? Obviously, you've got like a lot of success at the moment. But how has it been being in a pandemic and working, and then as you said, not being able to fully celebrate? Has that been hard horrible. as well? Yeah. It, but it's horrible. But you can't complain because, like, obviously. I'm you very work. grateful. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's been weird. Imagine like all your dreams coming true, but it, it coming true like in a country by yourself w- without your friends and family and all the friends you do have don't want to leave the house because of a uh, virus. Yeah. And all the places you would go to celebrate are closed because of that virus. It was weird. It was really weird. You haven't got a support network, friends. have you? Yeah. Well, luckily I have my brother and my family really close. So the day like the special came out, I spoke to everybody. I was FaceTiming my family back in the UK and I, and I speak to everybody. I speak to my dad, our dad, every Sunday without fail. It, like, otherwise he'll cut me. So like I have that <laughs> and my mom rings me all the time. She doesn't understand that I'm eight hours behind. She'll still ring me. <laughs> she continues. I've been here a year. She should learn like me when to call you, innit? The good times. Yeah, she should learn when to call me. But my mom will call me. I have my people back in the UK supporting. But yeah, and I have loads of friends here, but it's just weird. It's been really weird, but I'm super grateful. I've been recognized twice now. <laughs> <laughs> is that the measure when you walk outside and you're like, yeah. people, and the thing is, no one's even outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say, that's good. I had a mask on, and I had a mask on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, twice, that's good. That's good, you're that's doing good. well. You're out here with people, no one being out here. Yeah, in LA. Yeah, that's good. Do you know what's mad? When you posted on Insta, the picture of you standing in front of your own billboard. Yeah, that's a madness. Did you know it was there, or did you happen nah. to be? That was have been mad. So you was on a drive, and you just see a giant billboard of yourself. Yeah, I was in the Uber. Did, did you jump out? Stop the Uber now! <laughs> I literally was like in the Uber on the way to a spa because I go like I go get these things called infrared saunas because it burns fat cells without having to work out a lot of celebrity, celebrity stuff. Then don't tell no one. So I was doing <laughs> infrared <laughs> sauna on my way to the infrared sauna place. I just see my face, just like, and then gone. I just drove past it real quick. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a moment. But the, I've got two, well, I used to have two. I, my billboard, I have a billboard for To Catch a Dick. I knew about that one. Netflix tell you your billboard's going up at this place and this date. And it had one, the annoying thing was I had one in Times Square that I still never saw. Um, and that was oh, getting a photo in front of that would have been epic, isn't it? Yeah, but I couldn't go to New York because COVID. Do you know what I mean? It's just little things like that. Like, yeah. just little things that you just feel like, it feels like I, I, I'm not really, like, if I put my phone down, my life hasn't changed. Does that make sense? Cause yeah, kind of. Because for you, it beca- I'm sure after a while now, it's going to become more and more normal for you. Like, like yeah. I interview a lot of, like, millionaires and billionaires on my other show. And they say after a while, it just becomes like they're never happy because it, they've, re- it, there's, 
the, the adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think, you think, like, when you're chasing something, you think, once I get that thing... That's it. I'm I set. would be happy. That's it. Yeah, no. And for me, it was like, once I get my Netflix special, once I get my TV series, once I get my movies, once I get to America, but then you get there and there's more journeys to go mm. through. So, yeah, you do realise that. But I guess my life's changed so much, but it's so, been so gradually, like, thinking about it. Yeah, I have a cleaner. I have a, a chef. I makeup artist, hairdresser, hairstylist. That's what I wanted to ask you. Team. So I guess my life has changed, but it doesn't feel like it, you know? That's what I wanted to ask you. Obviously, now that you've had all this, what we perceive to be success, I don't know how you define it, but with the special, with the movies coming out, with the actual Netflix show where you're interviewing everyone. Everyone, Netflix, other celebrities. Which I, other celebrities, <laughs> yeah. which I think is amazing. You've been on Jimmy Fallon and everything like that. What is your actual goal? What What is it that you're aspiring to now? So, yeah, it's a hard one because you can't quantify it because I want it all. There's not <laughs> one thing. There's not everything. One thing. I want everything. I call myself, in my special, I say, I'm comedy Beyonce. You're comedy Beyonce. Because for me, Beyonce is the greatest living performer and she does it all. She dances. She yeah. sings. She acts. Produces. She directs. Yeah. She produces. Mm. She's got a clothing line. She da da da. She da da da. da da. It all. There's no limit. And now I've left the UK. I feel like I didn't. I don't have a limit now, so I can do whatever I want. Oh, in the UK, yeah, in the UK, it felt like I could only really do this. And now mm. it feels like I can just do this. And also, yeah. you're in like normally in the UK, you lay that like, pigeonhole you. Like in the US, yeah, you're a TV like, host. You, you're yeah, a show yeah. host now. You're like that in the UK now. Nah, you have to be one, one thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. You can be a TV host, a mogul, a, a movie this, star, a, that, that, mm. a movie star, an actor, a rapper slash actor. Like in the UK, it's like you're one thing. You're a comedian. Are you a reality TV star? Are you an actor? Are you a host? Like, that's how they are. Is it so a thing where there's this misconception people think of, like, and you can, you can tell us because you live in it, that when you're in, you're in? Like, because what obviously they've they done a Netflix special. You, Netflix know you. Oh, we've got this other show over here. Not, not, it's yeah, not due to your talent, obviously. Because there's certain people that have Netflix specials that you wouldn't see popping up on Netflix. I just think it's not when you're in, you're in. It's just that they give you a platform and you got to fucking you, deliver. Yeah, like, <laughs> like for me, I didn't think that, you know, now I'm part of, I'm a Netflix face now, but it wasn't like orchestrated that way. It was all coincidence. It just so really? happened. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All I planned on was doing a Netflix special. And then uh, because I was here and the Netflix special was coming out, I got asked to do a show called History of Swear Words. And they wanted me in one episode to talk about the word dick. Because my special <laughs> yeah. had to dick. Yeah. So I came in, I remember we were filming it in August in a pandemic. It was my first time on set in America ever. I'd just gone through, George Floyd had died a few months ago. So I'd put on like 15 pounds because I weren't leaving the house and I was eating my feelings. I hadn't done a, told a joke since January and we're now in August. And so for me, when my agent was like, oh, Netflix want you to, to, do, to appear on this show called The History of Swear they want you to talk about the word dick because of your special to catch a dick that will eventually come out. I was like, sure, I just want to work. And um, I did that. And I did so well on that show that they, they put me in every, I was only supposed to be in episode. And because I did well talking about dick, then they, they put me in other episodes. They gave me more. Again, you ma you're making the most of the time to shine, That's isn't what it? That's I'm saying. Like, yeah, someone mad. else who might, might have gone there and just did, did their job perfectly fine. And then they're like, cool, they did a great job. 
I like hungry. I, when, yeah, I'm like, listen, if you're giving me opportunity, I'm going to run with it. So I just impressed them so much that I ended up being in the whole series. And then they, I, apparently I did really well on that series that when the, the Netflix after party came up, they were like, I weren't even on the list to even be considered to be part of the Netflix after party. But after seeing how well I did on the history of swear words, Netflix were like, oh, let's, let's try her out for this. And then I did well on that. And then there's still be more. Straight, and the legacy. Like, yeah, it's just like, what? I always say, prepare yourself. Like, because the thing, the good thing about being from the UK, yeah, is the UK make talented people work like they're shit. I have the work ethic of an untalented person. Love like, it. if anyone in America had the talent that I possess, they would not work as hard as me because they wouldn't need to. But Britain makes you feel, you could be, look at, for example, Daniel Kaluuya, who's a good mate of mine who actually signed my visa form so that I could even work in America. Go Daniel stop. Kaluuya, Lenny Henry, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge signed my US visa form. When Daniel was in the UK, they had him doing nothing. <laughs> the man was writing episodes of Skins when he was like 19, but they had him being the one-liner, posh Kenneth character. He appeared in one or two episodes of Skins, he had one line. Meanwhile, he's writing episodes behind the scenes. Like, all my American friends are like, well, Daniel Kaluuya, who's star in the UK before Get Out? And we were like, no, because he was. He had all that talent, and you, you weren't doing nothing with him, so he had to work. I didn't even know about him until Get Out. Right. No, I knew about him before that. Now, because they, UK treat talented people, especially talented people of colour, like they're shit, that they have to work. The reason why I'm good on Netflix After Party and why I'm doing well is because I was treated so badly by the UK that I had to become a TV presenter. I couldn't just be a comedian. To get on TV, I had to do TV presenting. So I had TV presenting experience as well as being a stand-up, as well as being an actor, as well as being a writer, all because Britain makes us jump through hoops. So when we come to America, they're like, look at all this talent. You can have this, you can do this, you can do that. But you don't get that training unless you are from the UK because they treat us so badly. So even Idris Elba, people forget yeah, that Idris. before The Wire, Idris Elba was on Family Affairs. Yeah, yeah. Family <laughs> Affairs. What's he on there? Five. I didn't know that. <laughs> Idris Elba was on a Channel 5 soap that got cancelled called Family Affairs. And that is what Britain had him doing. He then went to America, lived in his car, auditioned for The Wire and all these other shows. He was doing movies with Beyonce. He had a, had a film with Beyonce called Obsessed before he had any big films where Mad. he had the lead in the UK. UK like, are sleeping. But the UK are also set in, and obviously it's terrible, but they really set you up for success in an ironic yeah, way. Yeah, in a very ironic, now. ironic way. Yeah, so Yeah, but they just become part of the journey. Yeah, I have to actually thank the UK industry for treating black and brown talent so shit that by the time we go to America, Smash we it. actually possess so much skills. And then like, a lot of my African-American friends are like, why do all these Brits keep coming over and doing so well? And it's like, because to be a black person and even get on British television in the first place, you need to have a certain level of skill. Like, there's only Be in the circle. Yeah, there's only four or five TV channels in the UK that are worth, note, worth talking about. If you are a black person, black people make up less than 1% of television in the UK. If you're a black person that's managed to make it onto television in the UK, you're already a level of superior. No, I wouldn't say superior. I would no, say you're, you're part of the elite. Of, yeah, you're a, you have a level of talent that the average 
person in other countries wouldn't have because they don't have to work that hard. Does that make sense? And also, yeah. the money is shit as well. You're working so hard <laughs> for less money. So we come That's over crazy. here and we're like, we have that same work ethic and we are over here with more money and more opportunities. It just makes sense that we would do well here. There you go. You have it from London, everyone, if you're a <laughs> go to the US. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't know, but don't just go there. If you can't be going there without grinding first. So yeah, like you, you can't. Grind. Don't exactly, you think that just because exactly. you're British, you could just go over to America yeah, yeah, and be yeah. like, I'm British. Like, no, you need the work ethic. You exactly. need the talent. You need all that stuff. How's it, how's yeah. it been going from... When are you from, coming back? When are you, yeah, when are you coming back? Don't. When are the pubs and bars opening? Like, let me know, innit? <laughs> Didn't you say you're coming back for Graham Norton? So I was going to do Graham Norton... And you're not even supposed to announce that. Oh, I'm not fucking hell. It. I'm not doing it now. <laughs> now I said it, you're not doing it. <laughs> Cancel. Yeah, Cancel that. You no, no, no. Off the list. No, I only no, asked because when you do Jimmy Fallon and all them lot and all those, like, that seems to be like, that's the UK. Is that the UK equivalent? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, 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 it's the UK equivalent, isn't it? So it's but only that Graham, Graham's a huge fan of mine and Graham came to watch Catch a Dick. So Graham supported, supported me before I went to America and uh, he asked me to come on the show. And I, when we can, when the world would, get back to normal. Yeah, I would, I would love to. What advice? Do you, yeah, what advice would you give to everyone for fame though? Because like now you must have so many like, I don't know if I say it out loud, but like ex-boyfriends coming out the woodwork or like friends that weren't really your friends and they want to be your bestie now because you're a celebrity. How are you dealing with that part? You know what? It's so weird. People think that yeah, but people change towards you because they think you've changed, and that's the one thing that's weird. So like, I have friends that don't hit me up. And I'd be like, why didn't you mess with me? And they'd be like, oh, I thought you'd be too busy. And I'm like, what? I'm still the same person. Like, like they just assume that you've changed because they see Oh, other way around. Mm. Yeah. So like, actually, yeah, I get those fake friends that are messaging me now and the guys that have come out the woodwork. That all happens. But mainly it's how people treat you. People genuinely treat you differently because they think that you're different. It's weird. But wow. I've had a lot of love. That What's surprising me is the lack of, love i've had from um male comics in the uk there's like i i have a lot of i wouldn't say they're my friends i would say they're my peers but i support them i support pretty much everyone if you're doing well and i like you i will tweet about you talk about you or whatever and i don't know maybe they're talking about me in silence <laughs> but i was it was very interesting to to see the reaction when the special came out who was who the who's a true friends yeah. yeah like the comedians that were saying stuff and being like, congratulations, well done, it was noted. And then even a friend of mine, Catherine Ryan, she she has a podcast and she basically was like, she's a, a, a exceptionally talented, exceptionally yeah, she's great. comic. Yeah. And she tweeted, like, I think it's funny that London, everyone, when George Floyd died, everyone was like, diversity, diversity, that's what we need. And now we've got London Hughes, who's pretty much gone to America and she's got a Netflix special. And the same people that were preaching diversity, diversity, a lot of you are And so, With yeah. success comes haters though, right? That's the thing. So you just yeah. got to take it on the chin. But uh, I will always support. And I'm just like, hey, I'm so sorry. If, I find it weird when people have these things where people's success makes them feel... They're, yeah. they're the worst type of people. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, it's your success success. makes them feel worse about their life. And yeah, but like, my success doesn't cancel out yours. That's yeah, the thing. of course. Like, it's not. We shine together. Shine. Yeah, I can shine and you can shine and we can shine together. But I think in Britain that we do have this like miserable layer of oh. us where it's just like, oh, and like there's no such thing as a British dream. There's an American dream. 
No That's it's true. true. Oh my god, I've never even thought yeah, about that before. It's mainly because of our re our weather, isn't it? Land of yeah, the miserable. So what if we should change it, isn't it? Dreamer, if you're British and you're a dreamer, Britain will shit on you. They'll just be like, yeah. mm, mate. If I was like tomorrow, I'm just gonna quit my job and become a a zoologist and have a big old zoo with all these animals. My mate would be like, all right, don't like stick to your day job. Do you know what I mean? Tiger like, queen. That's the British thing. Where yeah, Americans yeah. would be like, yes, go for it. Yes, you go, girl. girl. <laughs> go with your yeah. zoo. I know someone that's got a loan for you. That's what they all say out there. Oh, yeah, it's true. Like, don't get me wrong. Everyone's individually different. And, you know, there's, it, it's, I'm generalizing. But I think Britain as a whole, we have this weird thing with fame. We like to tear people down more than we like to build them up. It's the stiff upper lip. It's the British way. Keep calm, carry on. No such thing as a British dream. Stay in your lane, brah. You are, you are right. We had the conversation last time I called you because whenever I, like when I started the company and started doing things, some of my friends that were like, Oh, you think you're better than us? You know, don't call you don't you don't answer my call every time I call you. I'm like, I'm busy. I'm trying to make <laughs> something, something of myself. Like <laughs> I can't I even my family, by the way. Even my family. Fam I lost I family over this. But that comes from fear. Yeah. Some people are scared of failing, so they never try. With me, I've failed more than I've won. I'm only winning now. You I only fail if you didn't learn something from it, though. Right, but I fail all the time. Failure is like, great. I love failure. failure I actually it's all about failing forward, man. It's all about failing forward. Yeah, I love failure, failure like that. because failure pushes me to go even harder. If it wasn't for the rejection and the failure that I've gotten in Britain, I would not be here today. And I wouldn't be this successful, I think. So I'm like happy that it didn't come easy to me. I'm happy that I had to work and push my pen and, and tap dance and do everything else and write and produce and direct and be a stand-up and be a TV host and da 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 because that way now I have a certain set of skills. A certain yeah. set of skills, yes. <laughs> You're living the fruits. You're living yeah, the fruits. Certain set of skills. So yeah, thank you, Britain, for training me. Yeah. To be Can I ask you a personal today. question? Yes. Especially said no, no, Joel, no. <laughs> Go on. Um, we'll ask these questions after. You're a very talented dancer. Yeah. Why have I, why have not, why have I not oh. seen you? Well, well um, first of all, I did a show called All Star Musicals Ooh. on ITV where I played Roxy Hart and I danced. I did a dance there, several dances. But yeah, but you know the type of dancing I'm talking about. You want me to body pop in street dance? Yeah. At some point. At least that's I something think... we're better than you at. You know no, what I mean? First of all, Chris. <laughs> because you're not better than me at that. All right, listen, if you're, you're, I, I, go you're on, go good on. at finger tutting and you're good at all that stuff. <laughs> finger tutting, not even like tutting, just straight, but just one finger tutting. Finger tutting and all that stuff. <laughs> but you, I am good at a wide range of dancing. That's your thing. I remember I did jazz. Tap, ballet, more so I can't even have that. I can't even have that. I'm a better dancer. I can't even have You're that. Right, oh. You have everything else. <laughs> fair, fair play, fair play. But all I, oh, listen, all I request is when you do your dance special that you call us. That's all yeah, I, yeah. that's all I, 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 what can I do? I want to incorporate it because a lot of people have been like, listen, I'm, I'm ready. But what, what I was going to ask you is some, we've got some questions from some people that on our Insta in. that listen in and that was on our Insta and, um, Turbo, if you remember him, he was asking, can you and your brother still bust a five, six, seven, eight? So. <laughs> yes, we can still bust a five, six, seven, eight. We will no done your, your, your wedding. <laughs> We've done your wedding. But I missed you, you done your one. Can you, you imagine if done. London Hughes turned done. up to your wedding? You imagine London Hughes turns up to your wedding. My brother will come up to your wedding and we will shut it down. Gangster. We haven't danced in a while together, but 
we will still we still have the ability. When was the last time we danced? Mum's wedding, isn't it? Probably, yeah. Oh, is there a video of that? Can we post that? <laughs> we shut down Mum's wedding two years ago, so we still got it. What other questions were there? Um, so the ne uh, next question, which is quite a good one, is what keeps you relevant in a world that's constantly changing? The funniest thing is authenticity keeps you relevant. Like, I think people trying to change and fit in with the times, that, that's not what it is. I think when you stay true to yourself, when the world is changing and you stay the same, that's what keeps you relevant. Mm. And I've been the same girl. People, what people like about me is I have been, I am still the same girl from CBBC in 2010 that I am A now. bit more explicit though, a little bit, a little a bit, bit more. A bit more explicit, <laughs> that's that's like people okay. dick on stage. But, <laughs> but that, I'm the same girl, same energy, same like, same friends, same, I'm the same, I think. Being true to yourself is what keeps you relevant. How do you deal with the haters in your comments, by the way? Because I, I remember oh, you did a post. Uh, oh, we should be ashamed of you. You should be ashamed of yourself saying that on stage. I see a lot of I'm like that. I need to work on that. That's the worst. Do you know what? Yeah. Like I'm bad because I look for it. Like, oh, I'm don't do that. And I need to stop doing that. But every, I realized that everyone gets hated. Like, it's so crazy the amount of everyone that gets haters. And I've just thought, when you get hated, you kind of think, what am I doing wrong? And then you realize they are the- It's problem. their issues. No sane person goes on the internet to go in the comments of someone they don't like and say horrible shit. I have never done that before in my life. So when you realize that actually the, the person saying this is clearly going through something. Yeah. Uh, you kind of feel sorry for them. So I kind of feel sorry for all my haters. I'm so sorry my success bothers you. Should do. Keep getting worse. It should do. But what we got a next I've one. Some of the comments, and I've been like, "Wow, you you got time, boy." I know. Yeah, but that, uh, that's yeah. the thing. I think people have got too much time, and now we're in the yeah. pandemic. They've got even more time, also, like, so they'd be even more bitter really and miserable. Annoyed. Like, I, um, when Kevin Hart special came out, uh, he did the house talk, and he went on Clubhouse, and people were talking to him, and I was listening in, and some of the things they were saying to him. Anyone would think like he killed their child. I'm like, okay, he made a special that you don't find funny. Why are you mad? Like, why are you here? Don't tune in. Why are you here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, people are upset. This man, this stranger that you don't know, oh you. Like, why do he owe you an apology because you didn't find his special? Like, but I was like, you lot are clearly to the pandemic's hitting you. No, but London like, also, you know what people are getting? Um, what's it called? They're getting the the lime, not even the limelight. They're getting the attention off of yeah, talking true, about someone yeah, like yourself or Kevin or someone like, else like that. For example, there'll be mo loads of comments like saying how you're great and you're amazing and whatever. And then one person's like, you're shit. And you, if you reply to that person, you're feeding in the negative. 100%. So yeah. Entertain it at all. Like you can say what you want about me. I will, you'll never get a reply. You'll never get a clap back because I am too fabulous. Like I am striving <laughs> yeah. too much to give you that energy. Yeah. So yeah. Even if you was to say thank you, people would be like, oh, she said thank you to that. With that being said, where do you get your constructive criticism from? Myself. You have to kind of be your own cheerleader. And also I have days where, oh my God, my team will tell you, like I'll call my manager and be like, <sighs> like, but you just, you break like you you digest it it goes through you then you let it go because at the end of the day it's what comes with with being successful everyone gets hated and we live in a world where everyone watches you now whereas before like i tweeted yeah about 2000 and when was it 2007 2006 2007 i wanted to write a fan letter 
to the Spice Girls. Probably not 2007. What year? 2001. 2001, I wanted to write a, a fan letter to the Spice Girls, yeah? And to do that, I had to, first of all, get Smash Hits magazine, then enter a competition, <laughs> enter the competition, and write, to enter the competition, I had to write 10 things that makes me a Spice Girls fan. Those 10 things then went in. I sent that in to the P.O. box. You send that in. Then, out of those things, the best ones will get chosen and put into a tombola. And then, out of the tombola, <laughs> we've got, like, hundreds of all the best replies to the 10 reasons why the Spice Girls are great. Three of those would be selected to be read. And the whole process took six months. Jesus. <laughs> Before social media, isn't it? Before social media. Well, like, to this day... I don't know if the Spice Girls actually read the letter because it was such a long process. It took six months. And that was to give them a compliment. Now, you DM them. just tweet me and tell me I'm shit. Like, we live in such a different world. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. Like, people just, people very honest will tell you how they feel. Whether it's relevant, whether it matters to your life is one thing. I'm not going to mention, I don't want you to mention names, but have any, obviously I don't want to hot people up or yourself, but have any celebrities slid into your DMs? Yeah. Look at the grin. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, 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 the grin is immediate. Is like trying to catch the pom poms? Yeah, because they, you, you're saying you want to catch a dick, so you yeah, can't blame them. My brother's here. My brother's here. Also, uh, let's be clear. Like the actual, my DMs are full of um, just like genuine offers for marriage or genuine, uh, <laughs> just, just like genuine. Like guys genuinely wanted to marry me. Or oh, so it's genuine. Okay, exclusive. Genuine wanted to marry me. <laughs> <It's genuine>. Exclusive. <laughs> But the funniest thing is a threesome. So a guy would be like, I got a guy DM me saying he wants to do a threesome with him and his wife. And then his wife DMs me just to be like, by the way, it's fine. <laughs> just, so you know. just so you know. Do you know what I would have done it. I would have gone to Colorado, but you know, COVID. So. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I love about that? The sheer confidence. The sheer yeah. confidence of, sheer confidence. and the fact that you actually read them. Like they actually yeah. made it to you. Spice cells yeah, didn't work and you didn't get there, but they got you. They got they your got message. Me. I've, I've had, I've only had one dick pic that I've seen. And it was, it was really, I was like, that wasn't even worth the photo. Oh, man. You're going to send me a dick pic. Yeah. Lucky you only got one because you could have got a bag no, of them. That, no, I had that I've seen. <laughs> I'm sure I've gotten more. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're learning I've now. I've only seen one. I don't look at all my DMs. <laughs> Probably not do that, yeah. I'll do, it's like a lottery. If I manage to stumble across yours, Woohoo, and I stumbled across his dick. It wasn't worth talking about. He should have saved that one for the draft. But yeah. oh well. But yeah. I heard I heard a rumor that since to catch a dick, you've got so many dick pics in your phone, it actually makes your phone physically heavier. Is, yeah, is that's true. true. No, that's so true. Yeah. Wow. She caught a dick, but it's in a message. But have you caught a dick since you've been out there though? My brother is on this podcast. Oh, come I on. I don't really understand. After, um, after your special, I, I, Joel's here though, Joel's here, so that's fine, okay. No, I haven't caught dicks because of the global pandemic. I think if, I, if it wasn't the global pandemic, I'd be out there living my best life. But I've had to put my badge on the line for the health and safety of the On the line. People. So I deserve You've been a safe. badge of honor. I need a badge of honor. You <laughs> need a badge of honor. I have ah. literally not done I could have been out here in these streets, but I haven't because of the health and safety of the American people. So no, I haven't been catching. You're a patriot. That's, an, that's another t-shirt. I'm a patriot. Wait, Badge of honor. What are you doing? That's, I don't know. That, that's Girl Scouts. <laughs> well, listen. Have you, have you thought about um, getting into politics? <laughs> oh, London. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm totally. 
To be honest, if Donald Trump could be president, then I can definitely That's true. politics. So, yes. You should be and the yes, mayor of London. I would love to. You know, there's never been a black mayor of London. Never. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I wish I was surprised. I'm not surprised. Like, people say that Britain's not racist, yeah, but America's had a whole black president and London's never even had a black mayor. Yeah. Yeah, but like mayors and on all the all the prime ministers and stuff, you have to be ugly to be them people, so it doesn't work out. It's not sure. even that, you know, that that whole side of things you have to have a, go through a certain education system. So like you gotta be from Eton, you gotta be from Eton or like you know, all them yeah. schools, innit? Otherwise every prime minister for the past fifty years, I think, has gone to Oxford. There's the same but has gone to the same yeah. club. They're all part same of the same boys club or something. Like it's well, listen, London, we're going to let you go. We're taking a lot of your time already. Before yes, we before we leave... I'm before... about to leave because I'm going to Estelle's house. Oh, hey. name drop, name drop. Drinks. I'm going to offer an Estelle. So nice. I'm going to go. Oh, going to be an American but, boy. Before, Tell the world, go on, bro. Talking. Yeah, before, 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 you, <laughs> before you go, I do want to ask one more thing. You know, what advice yeah. would you give to other you know, black female comedians that are often coming out there? What advice would you give to them? I would say... What, if they're in the UK or the US? Just anywhere. I would say, honestly, do whatever you think is best. Don't listen to advice from anyone but your gut. Because I feel like if, if I'd have just listened to myself and stayed true on my path, things might have been different. But the moment I started just focusing on me and doing whatever I wanted to do, that's when things started picking up for me. So I think, don't listen to the naysayers. Listen to your gut. Work hard. Unfortunately, we have to work twice as hard as women and four times as hard as black women. So get, get on your grind and enjoy the journey. Because I genuinely think if you're a nice person and you're talented and you work hard, eventually it will pay off. So. Amazing. Well, look, we're super proud of you, honestly. Thank you so much. We do appreciate it. No worries. Um, Keep breaking down those walls, man. Keep breaking down those walls and um, representing. Can you give me a kiss? Mm -hmm. I can't believe you did that. I've never seen so much emotion from Joel. Um, <laughs> look what you've done to him. Look what you've done to him. <laughs> As a, I never see him. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you know. I don't know if you noticed. I'm I'm, I'm in LA. Well, uh, so, so okay. What bridge is that supposed to be? Um, I think it's Tower the Bridge. Tower no, Bridge. Tower Bridge. Golden Gate. Is it Golden Gate Bridge? Anyways, listen, we'll let you go. Golden Gate. I have no idea. It's a bridge. No problem. Let's catch you later. Thanks bye. a lot. Thanks See ya. Bye bye. See you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, that's it. Thanks. That was amazing. Um, thanks for everyone who tuned in live to join us. Hope you enjoyed it. Joel. If you didn't enjoy it, then fuck yourself, but still have a good time. <laughs> wow. Straight up. Uh, hopefully next time we're, we're, uh, we're going live, we can get um, Joel back in the studio, obviously we're in COVID times. Uh, me and Warren, uh, you know, we're, we're tested, we're, we're well, so we can't work together. We're in the same bubble. We uh, big big shout out to my wife, uh, Natasha, for, for, for doing the show. And she, she came in, she switched the cameras, she made the live stream work. I don't even know if it worked, so maybe I'm congratulating her in advance, but I'm assuming it worked. So She came uh, and helped us, so thank you. Thank you so much. Um, apart from that, see you, all, see you all in the next episode. Bye for now. See you, everyone.